This podcast is sponsored by Mountain Made CBD. Mountain Made is changing the CBD game by offering a line of high dose CBD tablets at an affordable price. Their products are THC free and third party tested for accuracy, cleanliness, and potency. Their products, which ship nationwide, include Build for CBD saturation, Boost for precision titration, and Recover for rest and rehab. With nine years experience in hemp and fitness, Mountain Maid's founders are focused on creating a quality product to help those who live an activated lifestyle. Check out www.mountainmade.life to find out more about how their products can help you crush life. Remember, their products ship nationwide. So go check out their website today and follow them on social media at M-N-T-M-A-D-E, Mountain Maid. Now let's get into this episode. Welcome back to the Black Biohacker Podcast. Today's guest is Lee Yuen, breath worker, cold expert, and biohacker. Thank you, Lee, for joining the show today. Thanks, mate. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. So today, today's topic is breathing through the biohack of cold exposure. So we're going to talk about talk about it all: uh, breath work, cold exposure, and biohacking. So. Tell us, what is biohacking and how did you get into this field? Well, to me, I think I've always seen biohacking as sort of like systems thinking and looking at like, uh, you could even say the world and especially your body as a complex set of systems and then making little alterations um, and changes to sort of get the most out of those and influence those systems to have positive outcomes. And to be honest with you, we have a really, like, I live in Finland up here in Finland, up north, northern Europe, and we have like a really, really nice uh, biohacking scene as well. We have some of the, um, I think we have, I think it's Europe's largest biohacker summit. Um, Some thousands of people join and we've had some real nice pioneers in biohacking. So it was kind of... um, was kind of uh, an easy thing to get into. I'm like a bit of an athlete uh, or wannabe athlete um, of yesteryear. And um, I've always been conscious of my health. I've always tried to remain active and fit. And I really, as an Australian who moved to Finland, I really enjoyed the natural elements as well. And um, being outside, fresh air, cold cold water obviously and we have sauna up here and these and sunlight every everything um kind of came together for me once i came here in lived in finland basically there's a biohacking handbook that's been um, written by a couple of guys good friends of mine and uh yeah we have this event every year (laughs) well uh, currently i'm not sure the status of the event obviously with all what's going on in the world but um yeah i mean we have a really really good um network of people up here and throughout Europe actually as well and of course we have good connections with uh, the US and around the world it's a really it's a really cool um, network or community you could say around the world everyone's kind of like helping each other and sharing knowledge and and the the latest practices and latest findings in research and um, science as well. Wow you're known to be the breath worker tell us what is breath work? Well breath work it's it's basically, I mean, we all breathe, right? We all, we're all breathing all the time. And right. our breath is actually something that 
we can do autonomously. It's a process in the body that happens by itself. Or we can we can kind of like take control of that too. And we can, we can use some techniques, methods, we can change the way we breathe, whether it's through the mouth, through the nose, um, belly, chest, uh, rate of breath, rhythms, all these kind of things. We can kind of um, get some really interesting things to happen. So it's also the, it's kind of funny and it's ironic almost that uh, breathing is something that not too many, it's usually all the other things come first, you know, it's, add butter to your coffee, make sure you get your heat therapy, um, you know, all those little gizmos and gadgets and the aura ring, things like this that are tracking your, your movements. But a lot of these things, um, all of these measurement systems, all of these, all of these tracking devices are kind of influenced by how we breathe. That has a, a huge bearing on our athletic performance. It has a huge bearing on meditation and lowering the heart rate and heart rate variability and um you know it's it's a it's really profound thing but many of us uh, overlook it actually until yeah. later on we can circle back towards it i think that's that's exactly how i did it as well actually yeah can you teach us a breathing practice right now yeah sure well i think there's one that's really popular for example i'm i i always give this uh four seven eight breathing which is essentially sort of like uh it's a four second inhale so it's breathing in for four seconds, in, two, three, four, and pausing, holding there for about seven seconds. So three, four, five, six, seven, and then exhaling gently for eight seconds, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and breathing in for four seconds, two, three, Four, holding there, pausing for seven seconds, two, three, four, five, six, seven, turning that round into an exhale, long, slow, exhale for eight seconds, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and inhaling again for four seconds, two, three, four, pausing there for seven seconds, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then exhaling for eight seconds, nice and gently, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Now, that's called four, seven, eight breathing. And that's a really, you probably felt if you're practicing that one, listening to this, um, it's, you kind of you kind of enter this nice little relaxed, calm state. You'll find if you if you have a if you're tracking um, your heart rate, uh, you'll find that it drops down. Your nervous system becomes more relaxed, and this is like a it's a perfect one if you're sort of like stuck in traffic and somebody might might have just cut you off yeah. or something like that. Or then, um, for example, if you're going to sleep at night, it's a it's a great one to do just before you hop into bed or if you, when, whilst you're in bed. Actually, one of the things I really love to do, do you know these binaural beats? They're basically different sounds. Like usually it's digital, digital sounds and um, they're quite hypnotic, but they can also get your brain, they trigger a certain, or they get you into different brainwave states. So usually I'm listening on some really nice noise-canceling headphones. I have these nice long tracks for about 20, 25 minutes. 
And then I'll practice this four, seven, eight breath work whilst I'm listening to these binaural beats. Maybe I can send you an example of that after so that the whoever's listening can kind of check those out. Great. And then you can just sort of like, you can feel yourself just relaxing. And honestly, I would, I would probably be able to do somewhere, I might go between five to 10 uh, sort of rounds of this four, seven, eight before I would probably uh, drift off to sleep. So it's a really, really effective way. You can also, a little bonus piece of information there is you can actually um, get some reishi mushroom tea. Mm-hmm. So reishi mushroom, it's also a very, it calms the nervous, calms and relaxes the nervous system. So a little bit of reishi tea, maybe about 20 minutes, 30 minutes before you go to sleep. Then some uh, of these binaural beats and also the 478 breathwork technique, you'll, you'll most likely have a great night's sleep. Wow. So tell us what we did, what is the scientific benefit behind it? Right. So basically when we're breathing, when we're breathing, most of us think that breathing is just sort of an inhale and then an exhale. And for the most part, that's true. Every, every, every breath involves both of those components, but what we've, what we've, Seen. I mean, this is not a this is not a, a new thing. Actually, in about 1902, I think it was, there was a Danish physician, um, Christian Bohr, who found out that CO2 is actually the trigger to release oxygen inside the bloodstream. So, if you look at that breathwork technique that we just did, the four, seven, eight, mm-hmm. we breathe in, we inhale, and then we have this little pause, right? We have this little pause of seven seconds and that allows for the the rise of co2 inside the blood now keeping in mind that we're always creating or generating co2 because we're always trying to um, create energy or burn energy and co2 is kind of considered a waste gas except we need it in order to trigger the release of oxygen from the hemoglobin um, which is a protein inside of the blood so when we have a rise in CO2, that's when there is a trigger inside the body to release the oxygen load. Mm-hmm. So that's why we, we um, use, I mean, in yoga, yogic and pranayama breathing, they use also this kind of uh, one to two, like a one, one second or say one part inhale and double the exhale. So one and two. And actually we did the same thing in the four, seven, eight, right? So it was kind of like, four seconds inhale, then we have this little pause, then it was eight second exhale. Um, and that is actually allow, it allows us to build up CO2. It allows us to get nice oxygen delivery inside our blood. And also the exhale, the lengthening of the exhale um, calms, well, let's say stimulates the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve is known as a wandering nerve in the body. It uh, has a direct it kind of runs surveillance on a lot of key processes inside your vital organs uh, and especially your heart. So when we trigger the vagus nerve by lengthening the exhale, uh, we can lower, we can literally lower the heart rate. We can control the heart rate actually, and a lot of other processes in the body. So that's the breakdown of, of breathing basically. And that's what, that's what happens. So that's why it's important to kind of look at the, it, let's put it this way: if it's if you were just breathing, if you're just breathing in, if inhaling and then exhaling, you would never get this. That's what a hyperventilation is, right? Mm-hmm. So if you've ever seen somebody hyperventilate before, there's they're usually sort of like 
like this. Yeah. You've probably seen it on before if you haven't even seen it in real life. Um, and you're basically getting the oxygen in and then they're, they're pushing out or exhaling CO2, right? Mm-hmm. And it's never about accumulation of CO2 in order for the, the blood to trigger the oxygen inside. And that's why, you know, in this situation of a hyperventilation, you'll find that there's always a brown paper bag around in the movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's always this brown paper bag and they'll give somebody the brown paper bag and they breathe into the brown paper bag, right? Right. And they'll breathe, they'll exhale the CO2 in and then they'll inhale the CO2 again. So it's like this little cycle. It's kind of allowing the CO2 to be exhaled and then inhaled again. Mm. And that will in turn trigger the release of the oxygen that is inside of the body and that's how somebody calms down from a hyperventilation so with that example in mind that's why it's really it's it's really key thing to allow for a little gentle pause in between an inhale and an exhale and even between an, the exhale and then back to the inhale again you can keep these little pauses in between Mm-hmm. and you allow the CO2 to accumulate and it's much more relaxed and a lot, lot less stress and um, strain on all of your, your, you know, your cardiovascular system. Yeah. So how does one include breath work into other biohacking modality? Yeah. So one of the, one of the key ones is actually um, nasal breathing. You probably uh, read or heard something about that before, especially with this, uh, this COVID-19 situation. Um, there's a lot of you know, it's a respiratory um, virus. Mm-hmm. So, like, literally, the best thing, one of the best biohacks I know actually is li- literally making the change from like mouth breathing to nasal breathing. Now, the reason for that is because um, you have it's much more hygienic way to breathe. You have those little hairs at the entry of your nostrils that are kind of they act as like little filters for particles. We have the mucus, the, the sort of wet stuff on the inside inner wall of your nose which is very, very good at attracting different bacterias. And then, of course, up, up in the nasal um, or towards the top of the sinus, up in the paranasal um, sinus at the top, uh, sort of like between your eyebrows all the way up there, mm-hmm. uh, the, the force of the air coming in through your nose is actually greater than the mouth, and therefore you actually get this turban, like a sort of like a turbinate, the air turbinates, not terminate, like Terminator, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> but turbinate, like a uh, turbo, like it spools up, it spins around because of the force, mm-hmm. and it generates this lo- lovely little molecule called nitric oxide, and nitric oxide is a vasodilator, which means it opens up the veins and um, uh, blood vessels, and that allows you to... to absorb or, or you know it's easier to get blood through obviously oxygen uh, travels through there easier as well and it's also very very good for nasal hygiene so any of those little viruses or things that nasties that have kind of made their way in uh, to the nose um, the nitric oxide actually um, can sort of like disinfect those or, or kill some of those in the just in the nose yeah. so that's like one of the first things you could do. And, and you're always, you probably always heard that, um, you know, like yoga instructors are always saying, Hey, breathe through your nose, breathe nice and gentle through your nose. Um, so why wouldn't we want to breathe? Like instead of just the 45 minute yoga class, why not to breathe, um, through your nose always, 
Also, one thing, I, a couple of things I, I could add to that as well is that when we breathe through our nose, um, it allows the air to be humidified, like it, it humidifies the air. So if you're, for example, running around in a, in a cold, cold morning, for example, you're out doing a jog in the morning, and if you breathe through your mouth, you get that cold air going straight down into your lungs and it feels really uncomfortable, you know? It, feels, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel so bad. Whereas if you breathe through your nose, you'll humidify the air and it'll be a lot easier, a lot nicer feeling as well, a lot more comfortable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the temperature and the humidity of the air is kind of regulated once it goes through the, the nose. So that's one really good thing. And then just, just tagging on the end of uh, what we were talking about just before, about the lengthening of the exhale, when I'm doing my cold exposure, um, the breathing is really, really key for that because, of course, when you jump into a you know cold uh, lake or you're in an ice bath or something like that, mm-hmm. the first thing that you that you can't do is actually breathe, right? It yeah. takes your breath. So, so getting a getting a handle of the the exhale and lengthening the exhale, keeping in mind that it does lower the heart rate, it does have a, a like a good effect on your vital organs and mm-hmm. getting that heart rate down gets you to um, get a grasp and get control of your breath again so it's really really essential that you slow slow the breathing down you calm the breath and uh, you kind of it makes it a lot easier and then you kind of find your little believe it or not a little meditation or a little uh, <laughs> relaxation there in the in the cold mm-hmm. and one more final, one more final thing I'll add as well is is probably one of the most profound things that I've found uh, with breathing, and that's being able to perform certain breath holds, not in the water, not in the water, but just at home. Um, there's a lot of research now showing that if you perform a series of breath holds uh, before or prior to exercise, um, you can actually increase the amount of red blood cells in your bloodstream, and that's of course me- that of wow. course means. Yeah, you have a lot more oxygen you, and that can last for about three hours as well. So there's nice things that you can do to increase your performance just before you, you know, you go and do your sport or, you know, athletic endeavor, endeavor of choice. We started to talk about cold, which is a perfect transition. So when it comes to the cold exposure side of what you do, what is the Wim Hof method and have you met Wim Hof before or worked with him? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. A few times. A few times. Um, well, first of all, the Wim Hof method is it's this, it's this really nice um, technique. It's kind of created by Wim Hof. He's, he's been able to combine sort of mindset, um, the cold exposure, gradual cold exposure, like we were just talking about, and then also this breathing or breathwork technique. And not all at once, <laughs> so but they kind of all they all kind of um, have reference to each other. I would say that the mindset for the cold and the mindset for the breath work um, are like really really strong parts of this. Mm-hmm. But essentially, what it is is um, oh, and there's also this uh, sort of stretches and movement uh, practices that you know it's kind of like limbering up the body and having the body open and allowing people that are not familiar with um, breath work and breathing so deeply to sort of open up the you know the diaphragm the core the the rib cage all of this kind of breathing infrastructure so 
it's kind of it's stretching. It's a little bit of like uh, sort of, sort of yoga processes, but then also it's encouraging people to go and have a cold shower in the morning, and then working your way up towards sort of like uh, going outside or um, into a frozen lake or cold cold body of water, or then an ice bath. And also, it's really really. I think one of the best benefits for people is that it's helping them with inflammation as well. There's a lot of research that shows that the uh, gradual cold exposure for a certain period of time, uh, once every week or so, is a very, very effective way to lower inflammation in the body. So, And, of course, uh, lower stress and anxiety in people as well. So... Wim himself, he's a, he's a, um, I think he's about six, I think he's just, I think he's almost 61 years old, 60 years old. He's a Dutch fellow. He has, I think it's still, I think he still has about 25 Guinness Book of Records. Many of those feats that he's accomplished have to do with cold exposure and prolonged periods of time in the cold. And um, I think the most, <laughs> You know, he's, he's this kind of guy. He's an inspirational guy. He's a um, very kind-hearted person and he's, he's always kind of um, very encouraging and supporting, supporting of, of people around the world. He's also known for, you know, he's been up, um, you know, Mount Kilimanjaro wearing just shorts and shoes, no shirts. I've seen um, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, you know... Mount Everest, he's been up there as well, and he's run a marathon in the in um, Lapland in northern northern Finland, like with just shorts and a t-shirt. It was like minus thirty five degrees Celsius. So I don't know what the Fahrenheit of that is, but pretty cold, yeah. <laughs> very. <laughs> and um, yeah, he's he he kind of he wanted to create this method because um, he his wife actually. Uh, had a great depression and she actually t- took her own life mm. and um, he really it, obviously it really affected him he had he had some he has a few children there that he was left with and um, of course he probably faced all the questions you know could I have done something uh, was you know what, was there a little sign that I could notice or you know there's things like that and uh, actually, the healthcare system had sort of failed her as well. They they were un- unable to help her, and I think they also had her on some different um, medications and things like that that just didn't didn't provide her any uh, help, real help or use. That's that's why I think biohacking is becoming more and more, um, you know, let's say popular if you want to say it like this, or let's say. I think more and more people are becoming more and more responsible with their own health, which I think is fantastic. And there's just so many people out there that have, um, you know, you go to a doctor for something and then it's easy, like, you know, they always prescribe you something. Like it's, it's, it's the first thing they do is just give you, you know, two or three A4 pieces of paper with uh, all kinds of, all kinds of subscription subscriptions for everything or, and you know you could end up leaving with eight or nine packages of medication or something. It might cost you one or two hundred dollars or euros or something. So, and what what the Wim Hof method is doing is actually giving the giving the power back to the individual with some basically some very um, quite simple practices. I mean, they're 
it takes a little bit of getting used to and some repetition and technique. But once you get in there and you're practicing these things, um, a lot of people have had success of um, getting away from a lot of the medications that have sort of, you know, you take one or two medications and something else might flare up. You might have some sort of small reaction. Then next time you, you get prescribed another thing for those symptoms. So it's kind of like this, it can be a bit of a endless cycle for some people. So yeah, the Wim Hof method has been, there's a lot of science around it as well. There's a lot of uh, research that supports that. Uh, much of that includes Wim doing, um, going to some of these, uh, actually Wayne State University, I think that's in Michigan. Mm-hmm. He's um, had some studies done there. Obviously there was the, the biggest study that was done in um, the Netherlands and that was the one where he was injected with an endotoxin and through with the breathing and of course his cold practice um basically he didn't show any signs of this endotoxin present inside of his body there was no fever like symptoms his heart rate barely like moved like wow. didn't increase he, he, the inflammatory markers didn't didn't uh, increase in his body so the scientists were wondering like okay so what what's he doing what's 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 this guy and then, of course, Wim said, hey, listen, anyone can do this. I'm not special. I, uh, it's just the techniques. So then he, they, they repeated the study with uh, 12 subjects that were practicing with Wim, and then they had a control group that, that unfortunately, they had to get the endotoxin without the training. Mm-hmm. And um, the other, the control group, actually, many of them had shown a lot of signs from this endotoxin, which shows similar signs, you know, in the body, to a fever or some sort of influenza, but not an actual virus. It just show it sort of shows the same symptoms. But all Wim's group that had been studying, they were relatively un, like they were fine. So that kind of proved that actually anyone can do this. You can teach this to people. Why is it important to have exposure to certain stresses, such as heat, exposure to cold? fasting, breath holding, high intensive interval training. Yeah, all these I mean, well, I think this I will I would categorize all of these things as um we know when we go to the gym, what are we trying to do there? We're actually you know, if you uh, if you're doing a bicep curl in the gym, you're actually causing damage, right? You're mm-hmm. causing a stress to your tissue. Yeah. So we understand that you break down the tissue um, so that let it, it, you know, the body's like, oh, we, well, okay, we need to grow back bigger and stronger for next time. We need to make an adaptation so that that doesn't happen again. And then, of course, we kind of trick the body into going heavier and doing more next time so that it, it is in this perpetual kind of hypertrophic state. Right. So it's, it's trying to repair itself and come back and grow back bigger and stronger. And in many ways, all of those things you mentioned, whether it's cold, um, heat or let's say sauna um up here in finland we love the sauna it's the only finnish word in the dictionary <laughs> in english <laughs> english dictionary yeah um and high intensity interval training and breath holding all of these things require some sort of short burst of stress of which we called hormesis mm-hmm. basically sets sets your body into these different sort of like adaptive states um for example when you're in the sauna, your body is sensing that there's such a high, 
like an increase in temperature. So it, it first of all, it, it slows everything down. And then you actually start producing like heat shock proteins, um, your cells, your body produces more cells, more neurons, because the body wants to kind of like organize itself uh, better. And essentially what happens is you're, um, it's trying to, it's always trying to handle or adapt to this kind of stress. The cold is the same. Um, it's, it's like a, it's quite it's quite a fascinating thing in our body, and I always say that if the if you do let's say if you do the easy things in life, life becomes hard, and if you do the hard things in life, life becomes easy, and that's kind of like a training like a training protocol is always trying to uh, trying to push the body a little bit. Mm-hmm. And let's let, I mean, if you think about the cold exposure, right? There's a lot of people that are. Like, you know, every environment that we have, thanks to technology, is controlled, right? I mean, we have every, every like the house, public transport, um, you know, school, work, wherever you're going, it's all controlled by some kind of central, centrally controlled um, temperature. You know, it's guided temperature. And I think what happens is the body runs on efficiency and it just says, you know what, like we don't have to worry about spending or expending energy on heat production in, in so much anymore. So let's use that energy and use those cells on, on things that we do need to do. Let's run on efficiency. And then what happens is we kind of outsource those processes in the body. And I feel like these processes, like we're talking about the biohacking side of things here, they're all like elastic bands, you know? An elastic band is quite useless when you see one just sitting on the road or laying on the ground. It's, it's at its best and it's performing at its best when it's kind of stretched a little bit. It's taut and it has a little bit of, you know, pull to it. It's mm-hmm. quite strong. So I think all of these processes that you've just mentioned, I mean, these are all, this is, this is what it's like. This is how I look at them all. And just keeping them open, you know, keeping them like a cold shower in the mornings, uh, enough to keep certain processes open in the morning. Yeah. Keep, keeping the, keeping certain cells, uh, developing, um, shutting down some of that inflammation, um, high intensity interval trainings, extremely good for your nervous system. It's extremely good for your cardiovascular system. Uh, your VO2 max is actually, you know, the volume of oxygen that your body, um, can, um, can use at any one time is actually the number one key contributor to um, life expectancy. Mm. So if you have a really good VO2 max, uh, you're more likely to live longer than other than others that do not have a, a healthy VO2 max. Do they have and tests? The, oh yeah, oh yeah, yep. Okay. You can get these metabolic testers. Um, and the good thing about technology is that you used to, if you're an Olympic athlete, you used to. Be only you only ever used to be have access to those kind of technologies but now because the you can get them smaller and more consumer friendly um you can actually have these things in the in your own home so granted it still costs a little bit of money to have this kind of like this metabolic tester mm-hmm. which is show you a lot like it's literally going to show you through your breath uh through the co2 that's released um it's going to tell you what percentage of you know, do you, when you're doing cardio, are you using carbohydrates? Are you using fats or are you using proteins uh, for energy once you're doing car, uh, cardio, for example? Mm-hmm. So you can get very, very, 
precise measurements of these um, this metabolic rate, and then you can kind of like um, change your nutrition to support that as well. So we can kind of really, really dig down deep into these areas, you know. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating, and it's 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 really exciting where we can we could take this stuff. But it's of course it always comes down to the individual. Yeah, it comes to the individual. It comes down to um, how how well aware they are of themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not always easy to get up in the morning and do, do the cold shower, <laughs> you know. It's not always easy to stick to a three to four or five days a week in the gym. To be honest, we, we've been quite lucky here during the, the coronavirus times because we've had uh, a lot of gyms have remained open the whole way through. We mm-hmm. haven't had this kind of quite as strict uh, policy, but I've been going to the gym, I would say, four to six times a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. And then, of course, going outside as well is really good. Yeah. I go to the – if you want to know, of those things you mentioned, I can give you, uh, I can give you the uh, exact uh, frequency I would do those for perform those things. So with the cold, I have a cold shower most mornings. I don't – I'm not the sort of person where I would say that I have to do it mm-hmm. every single morning regardless um, because some, you know, I don't want it to become this thing where you're just you're forcing yourself to do it. Yeah. Of course, you want to push yourself towards that, but I don't want to do it just and get um, sort of jaded with that or frustrated with it. So I just do it, and um, I do it a- until I enjoy that. <laughs> if you know what I mean, yeah. To, like enjoy that. So I would do a cold shower pretty much every morning. There might be one day every so often that I would that I wouldn't do that for whatever reason. Um, the sauna, I would take sauna about four to five times a week. Mm-hmm. And I would do that after my physical training most times. And the cold, I would do one, uh, the sort of like ice bath level of cold, I would do once a week. Okay. Uh, minimum once a week. And then sort of like in the winter season, I would, would probably go like some, somewhere between three to five times a week okay. that I would do this extended cold exposure i would do one uh heat workout a week minimum mm-hmm. and then what else have we got what was there anything else uh, and then oh, breath work yeah. breath work i'm doing every day okay. i'm doing various forms of breath work every day for sure so one thing you talked about earlier was the aura ring and do you do you have one you know what i have the original it's oh. this huge if i could if i could show you right now it's this it was like I think I was one of the first people to get it because it's a Finnish company. Oh, is and it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the guys, the guys from up north, um, small small group of guys. I think some of them had worked for Nokia. Okay. Uh, back in the day, and um, yeah, they used some of the technologies that they that they may have been using for Nokia at, at some point, and it was they sort of spun that off, spun that off, and created the Aura Ring. So, but. Um, yeah, it's a finish. It's a finished product. Like like a few, there's a few good products out there that are finished. To be honest, wow. There's a lot of innovation here. They've because of the education system. Everyone has like the way it is here is that anybody can go to university and, and the the sort of government pays for that. You don't have to pay to wow. go to university. Wow. I think I read. Isn't Finland like the top three countries in the world that you guys are the happiest? Yeah, for three years in a row. For yeah. three years in a row. Yeah, wow. there's, different, there's different metrics that they use for that too. It's not like how many people smile in the streets. It's, <laughs> it's, kind of, it's more kind of like um, 
you know, different things like um, how how strongly, like, you know, they have these surveys and things where it's like, how do you believe that you can live, like, a life that you want to live here, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you can kind of, you're free to pursue what kind of career choices you want. Um, you know, it's quite, it's actually quite centrally located as well. So you can get a direct flight to anywhere within the, the mm-hmm. EU. You can get direct flight to most of the bigger cities in the US and everywhere in Asia. So it's it's kind of like good for traveling as well. So it keeps people quite happy. They've been toying around with sort of these four-day working weeks for a long time wow. and working from working from home before coronavirus. <laughs> so um, do you guys have free healthcare? Um, well, it's I, I, I wouldn't say it's completely free, but it's like heavily subsidized by mm-hmm. the government. It's I would say I think the healthcare is ranked in the top three. I think the education system's number one, if not number two. I think for like most years, the innovation system is always in the top five in the world. Meaning, what, what how many um, patents? and uh, different technologies are created here in the universities and the research centers. And uh, the air is the cleanest in the world as well. It's it's really, really tricky, you know, like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a complicated thing. You know, there's, there's been a lot of over the years, there's been a lot of talk about the American healthcare system. And it seems like it's never really gotten to a point where it's really serving everybody. That's the real difference that you, like we, we would always be scared as travelers. We'd always be scared. Um, if, you, if you go to the United States, you better have healthcare insurance, your private insurance. Otherwise, if you injure yourself there, it's going to cost you thousands yeah. and thousands. If, yeah. It's true. So, it's true. It's, it's, it's really bad. Yeah. And then also, I think, I think um, um, it's probably not too unfair to say that uh, I think you guys have it pretty tough over there in terms of many of the larger pharmaceutical companies and um, these kind of these kind of players I mean it's all transformed into a business now too you know mm-hmm. the way like we were saying before the amount of um, things that you prescribe for people uh, medications doctors are just prescribing and they get they get little kickbacks for promoting certain drugs and things and yeah. it's all it's all a business and unfortunately if you get everyone healthy there's no business anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we're in this kind of perpetual cycle in a way. But I think it can work. So like my healthcare insurance is Kaiser Permanente and Kaiser, what they do, they, they do preventative health. So the less time patients come into the facility, they get more money. They get rewards. They get rewards when there's less people, when there's more people who keep coming, cool. they get a penalty. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. That's good. That like that is kind of like um that is a positive steps i think yeah so just going back to the aura ring i got the aura ring for christmas last year and i love it i look at it every day i still have a long ways to go currently i'm still working to become a better sleeper because sleeping is a huge biohack. Absolutely. I have yet to break 81. and But I love it because I get to look at my, my um, respiratory rate, my HRV, just everything. And I can't believe this little device on my finger is calculating and doing all these things. So I love the Aura Ring. 
to me is one of the best inventions that has come out. If you, if you, for example, if you're, you know, on that that occasion where you want to have a beer or you want to hang out with your friends and have a drink or something like that, some something like that, or even you can even notice when you eat, like if you say, hey, let's just go and get the pizza, or let's go and have a takeout meal or something like that. Mm-hmm can actually notice the change in, in your sleep and your recovery from these things. It's very, especially if you're drinking, mm-hmm. like if you've had a few drinks, it, it really can change your um, heart rate variability very, very yeah. quickly. Yeah, it's amazing. You, you, yeah, you can notice that. And like just on your sleep, you know, like I'm not trying to sound like somebody's parent here or anything, but there's some easy things you can do to improve your sleep really, really quickly. Okay. And Obviously, the easiest ones are go to go to bed earlier, mm-hmm. and spend more spend more time in the bed, so to say. Um, don't don't um, like the things that I mentioned before as well. With the you know, you could have your the music there, the binaural beats. Uh, you can practice like slow the breathing right down, really, really slow the breath and slow the breathing down whilst you're there. You can also um, it's. Do you have you ever used an eye mask before? You know these sleeping masks. I just use it for the airplane, but no, I haven't used it just in the house. Yeah, those are pretty good. There's a, a good one out there called I think it's called Manta. Manta is a good one. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a good one as well because you can kind of um, like I'm very sensitive to lights, especially over here. We're we're in the summer. Oh, you guys, you guys are in the summer, getting towards the summer too. But the over here, the the light is it's light until like 11 o'clock at night because we have this situation where there's, you know, like in the winter it's really dark and then in the summer it gets really bright. So we're, we're sort of going towards the midsummer in another week and a half is where it'll be, the sun will be at the peak. And that, that's like, it it barely goes down. So I'm very, very sensitive to the light and that these kind of covering, these are very useful. And then changing the temperature also, if you can kind of change the temperature and make it like a few degrees lower, mm-hmm. um, you should be able to notice almost immediately that you'll have a bit better sleep. It's, it's, it's much easier to sleep when you're about somewhere between 18 and 19 degrees Celsius. I don't know what the, again, what the, tr- the conversion is for Fahrenheit, but over here in, uh, in this metric system, it's like 18, 19 degrees yeah. Celsius. So couple of those little things and then of course not eating you know really really basic things like not eating too close to the time you go to sleep and then if if you're into it i don't know if you do any meditation or if you do any breath yeah yeah these things are really useful to do like you know half an hour before it's, it's something called it's like sleep hygiene it's making sure that your environment is like really really kind of good for you ready ready for you to sleep yeah and if you can you can get the get the mobile phone out of the room as well, and you know, like you said, there's no uh, EMF. You know, uh, no yeah. no like electronics in the room is a good one. So what um, I've been doing then, with that, I've been putting my phone on airplane mode and then turning yeah. on my Himalayan salt lamp because I heard that that can block out EMF waves. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's they're good things. They're mm-hmm. good things to do. Absolutely. And then um, I'm not sure, you, you probably have the setting on your phone as well, depending on which, which phone. If you have iPhone, you have you can you can do the um, blue light blocking. Yeah, I have that. On as well. So if you, even if you do want to check something just before you go to sleep, you can, you can, uh, you can have that setting on. Or then, of course, you can have the um, blue blocking glasses too. 
Yep. Like a good old Dave Asprey himself. Yeah, yeah. He was the he was the reason why I got one. So I, my whole biohacking journey started with Dave Asprey, um, and then it well, expanded. To, yeah, expanded to other people. I trained with Bulletproof. Some of oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. So have you been to his facility? It's that really cool one that I want to go to one day. It's in um, I think it's on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, been been there to the upgraded labs, That's and then it. also to the the um, bulletproof conference there in Pasadena, and um, I was there. Like we kicked the whole training off. Uh, this whole training we had about our cohort was about I think it was about 40, 40 or fifty people. Okay, and um, you know Dave came there and answered some questions, and and we got to spend some time with him, and then of course. We also got to go there and uh, listen to all the other presenters and test a lot of the the, the gizmos and the oh, gadgets. Wow, I'm jealous. That's really cool. Yeah, it was great. That's it really was really good. good. It was a really good networking thing too because I've, I've remained very close with uh, quite many people that we uh, went through that course with as well. Mm-hmm. So just jumping back to the cold exposure, uh, what ways can you practice cold exposure and should you have a professional with you? So you mentioned earlier to start off with the sh- a cold shower and then progress. What are the practices and steps to cold exposure? Yeah, it's, it starts with the cold shower. It's not, it starts off with a cold shower and it's really important to, for anyone listening to this, uh, it's really important to not sort of like literally not jump in the deep end, you know, like (laughs) it's really important to have this gradual increase because if you think about it, you know, if you were to go, it's like, okay, now I'm going to go into the sea or into a frozen lake or an ice bath and I'm going to stay here 10 minutes and you've never done that before. um, There's a, you know, it's going to be quite a shock for the body. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice uh, habit, I think, to start with the cold shower because it gives you so many benefits, and a lot of those are um, like physical, but then a lot of those are also psychological. Yeah. So if you get up in the morning, um, I, I, you know, Jocko Willink and these kind of guys from the military world that have kind of uh, sharing a lot of these practices, um, making your bed in the morning and then going and having a cold shower is kind of like framing your day and painting this kind of giving you this like. Um, framework for success for the day you know you're kind of ticking ticking little things off as you get up in the morning yeah now and then the next question is okay so do i need to go when i could do a cold shower do i need to go all the way cold or how long and all that kind of thing Mm -hmm. Uh, when you're getting started the best way to start is actually you can just have a warm shower first off and then you can kind of uh take the take the cold um gradually you can sort of like just turn turn the turn the knob like kind of gradually so it eventually goes cold and you can sort of go 20 30 seconds and then you can go back to hot again mm. and you can sort of like just experience it like that and that's also known as a contrast shower so when you're kind of changing the temperature from hot to cold like this it's actually very good for your lymphatic system so it gives you this kind of flush mm-hmm. it's your lymphatic system is the drainage system in your body so a lot of the toxins and um, some of the metals and things can get kind of flushed out like this. But I love to always end with the cold shower. If it's if it's not a totally cold shower, I always have to at least end with the cold because it, it just gives me that kind of awake feeling, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like online. Um, you kind of have this focus, you have this clarity, and you have that sort of extra spring in your step. And that's that's 
pretty much the main reason why I do that. Mm. And eventually what you, what the, you'll work towards is that you can take a, like a full shower, no problems, just totally cold. Yeah. Like if you spend five minutes in the shower washing and doing everything that you need to do in there, then you'd be able to do the whole shower cold. And that could, that could be like a, a month to get to that point. It could be about that. Usually it's about that long for most people. Okay. So what would you tell someone who wants to get into biohacking? Well, I think it's, I, I would advise just about every. I think everyone's doing some version of biohacking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think we're all doing certain things. Um, like, you know, if you're going to the gym and you're having a protein shake, that technically is biohacking. You're adding extra protein uh, so that you can uh, develop uh, muscular tissues, you know, in your body, more muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're all kind of doing bits and pieces of that. But then I think the best way for people to sort of start engaging with biohacking is sort of start understanding what kind of goals you have. Um, we, we just mentioned sleep. Sleep is a really good one to start with because it means that like when you get a great night's sleep, you just feel so ready for just about anything the next day, you know? Yeah. And you know that if you have like a, like a, a week or some sort of prolonged period of time where the sleep's not going so well, it can really affect every other aspect of your life. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't, I don't have any energy to go to the gym. You get a little bit lazy with the choices of, for your nutrition, you take an easier option or takeout or something. So it kind of starts heading in that direction pretty quickly. So I think sleep's a really good one um, to start with. A lot of those things we mentioned are the ways to uh, engage with the sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think measuring, I think you, you nailed it before when you're talking about aura rings. Uh, it's like you should measure, you should measure this, the effects of these things. Uh, the beauty of the aura ring is that you can, um, you can make these little changes. You could even, for example, have an experiment for a week. You could try that breathing technique. You could try those, those, those um, beats, the binaural beats, and you could just see whether whether that's having an effect and you would be able to tell whether it's having an effect on your sleep. You might notice that you're getting more REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep. You might get more deep sleep. You might get longer sleep. You'll be able to measure those things. Mm-hmm. So you'll be able to see what kind of, um, what kind of things are useful and, and helping you. So that's a really good way. And then of course, you know, at, at the gym, like, a lot of people that are sort of looking to improve their health, I think it, a lot of it starts with the sleep. It, it's nutrition as well, obviously. Um, it's looking at different protocols. I'm not a big one for diets. I don't believe in diets. I just believe in nutrition mm-hmm. and like nourishing the body. And, and I do practice intermittent fasting as well, which is sort of uh, prolonged periods of time without eating in between meals. Do you do any fasting, by the way? Do you do any sort of like prolonged fasting? You just put me on the spot. <laughs> I used to, but... um that you're honest. Yeah, I've just gotten lazy when it comes to the that aspect of it. And so like for me, I, I do have a little bit of a diet. So I don't do gluten, I don't do dairy, and that's about it. But so like, so, but when I do wake up though, my breakfast is always a protein shake, and I put a half of a small banana in there, and I put a handful of berries. Yeah, blueberries. blueberries uh huh. With uh, almond milk and some ice. So I have hey, that every every morning. I had the same thing this morning. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. But I also had an omelet as well. Like I had this, like uh, so you know, a couple of eggs and a bit of um, 
some like sort of sausage in there or some bacon or something like that. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to be careful on the amount of calories that I put in because yes. those sneak up, especially at nighttime when I start getting hungry. I'm like, okay, I need to go to bed because I know if I don't go to bed right now, I'm gonna eat something. And typically, it's not something so bad. I mean, the worst thing it it would be. Like a granola bar, but you know, those can be filled with sugar and all of that. I've got a tip for you. I've got a tip for you. So if you're, if you're this, like what I do of an evening, I will get, I'll take like three, sometimes four eggs mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll sort of whisk those up and then I'll add this, uh, you know, like this cream cheese. Do you have like this yeah. cream cheese? over there mm-hmm. so i'll grab a couple of tablespoons of that and then i'll also sort of whisk that into the the eggs then i'll grab either i'll grab some butter like proper butter and put that in the pan and then i'll just you pour those out and you just make these kind of keto friendly pancakes you can add a little bit of peanut butter if you have like an organic peanut butter it's best because they don't have all these um, additives and sugars mm-hmm. and that's a perfect it, it really fulfilling uh, snack just before you go to sleep at night like an hour before sleep. Okay. Quite healthy, high in fat, gets you all those kind of, uh, all the fat that you need. Yeah, it's a good one. And then just make sure you steer away from the maple syrup. Yeah. (laughs) That's the one thing I'm, that's my thing. I love maple syrup. Yeah, you just got to find the ones that are as natural as possible and with the the lowest sugar content, you know. Mm -hmm. But but in terms of fasting, I think it's something that's really, really beneficial. Um, you probably, you've probably heard of something called autophagy before. Yes. This is, this is sort of like the holy grail of biohacking in a way. It's literally where um, you can create an environment in your body where the cells are recycling or seeking out damaged and dying cells and breaking those down and using them as... Uh, fuel source basically mm-hmm. and the best way to uh, get your body into this autophagy state is to do a prolonged fast and we're talking about uh, some somewhere between uh, you know, well 72 hour fast is ideal but obviously the, the longer over like let's say a one day fast to 72 hour fast like a three day fast is the you know you get increasing levels of autophagy in the body and of course this this is really really uh important because this is like a renewal process in the body um you think all those nasty diseases and uh, cancers and things like that those are basically where there's damaged or dying cells in the body and what happens is perfectly healthy cells are kind of floating around and they 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 bump into those damaged cells and that is called aggregation, mm-hmm. the cell, cell aggregation, which means that those, those they get stuck together and the, the dying cell will feed on the healthy cell and then it obviously gets bigger and these things grow inside your body basically. Mm-hmm. So autophagy and reaching autophagy is really, really beneficial and it, that will also help uh, your longevity, help you live longer essentially. So 24 to 72 hours per week or per month, how often? Uh, well, I would you, probably once, you probably do, if you can, do a 72-hour fast once every three to six months, if you can. If okay. you can manage that, that would be ideal because you'll, you'll give your body this uh, renewal. It's, it's, uh, 
And it also, the, the one other thing that it, it helps with people, you do, do you believe, um, you know, you've probably heard about hangry before? Hangry? Yeah. Oh, hangry. yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> well, I'm here to say that that's, that's, I don't, I don't know, I used to believe in that, but I don't believe in it any longer because okay. um, when you start doing, if when you pr- start practicing fasting like this, mm-hmm. um, you get this really, you get, you get, find this resilience in your body. You, you get the trust and this kind of uh, confidence inside of your own body. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not going to lie, like towards the end of the 72 hour fast, it's pretty, I mean, you know, it's, it's a little bit tough. It can be a little bit tough, mm-hmm. um, but you learn so much. I mean, it gives you a lot of empathy as well. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people in the world that um, I think it's estimated that there's 11,000 to 13,000 um, people, mainly in Africa and these uh, countries in Africa that die from malnutrition every day. Wow. So, um, you know, it's, it's really, it shows you a lot of empathy, you know, yeah. and you can kind of, you can kind of find the strength uh, by saying, well, you know what I mean? You know, this is, I'm, I'm kind of living a, like a relatively, I'm doing okay. I, I can, I do have food, you know, some people don't have food. So there's a lot of things that it can, that uh, practicing fasting can give you, you know, psychologically and physically as well. Yeah. So that's why I like to do that once 72 hour fast once every three to six months is really, really good. Um, you can also boost autophagy by doing the cold exposure and also the sauna. Mm-hmm. And, and is, also, is this infrared sauna or is this a regular sauna? A regular sauna. Okay. Yeah, the definite. There's big benefits of the infrared sauna um, or this infrared lights. Mm-hmm. If you if you use these ones before, I've yeah, got I'm, one of I'm those going there today. <laughs> Oh yeah, cool. I've got one at home actually. This nice panel, okay. so it's really nice to do some breathing techniques and just have this panel uh, shining on, on my body. Mm-hmm. And um, really good for the skin, very good for cells as well, and reparation of um, you know muscular tissue and things like that, depending on which frequency you have. Um, but actually, the, the the traditional Finnish sauna is. I mean, there's so many benefits. There was one particular study. I, gi- I give some um, lectures and workshops about this, but there's one study where they found that if you go to the sauna somewhere between, what was it, uh, uh, four to seven times a week, uh, five to seven times a week, five, six or seven times a week, so almost every day, mm-hmm. you will de- you'll decrease all-cause mortality by 52%. All cause mortality. That's everything. Everything. That's uh, dementia, neuro neurodegenerative diseases. That's heart related, cardiovascular related things. Is it because you're sweating out all the toxins? Uh, that's that's just a little part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing a lot more research to figure out exactly what that is. But essentially, that's um, different heat shock proteins. And when you go in, when you go into the sauna, you realize that after some time. We're talking about, you know, maybe 20 minutes at a a pretty high temperature. You'll notice that your cardiovascular, you you know, your heart rate is slowly increasing and it's actually like doing a workout. So if if you don't, if you don't always have time to get to the gym, a sauna is almost as good as going uh, for a, a workout. You might get your heart rate up to about 150 
beats per minute, you know, up in the sauna at the right temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same a little bit with the cold as well. The cold is very, very good for um, fat loss and fat burning, breaking down um, and using fat as the as the source of heat for your your body. So mm-hmm. lots of good benefits there. It's, it's, that's why, as I when I mentioned earlier, the frequency of which I practice those things, those are kind of like, they're the, the sort of nuts and bolts of my my fitness and health, I would say. You know, breathwork practice every day, doing a, doing a sauna almost every day, doing the cold, cold shower almost every day, and then at least one cold bath every week. And, uh, you know, going to the gym and things like that and good nutrition. And it's, you know, I'm, do, I'm doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing all right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Lee, so much for 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 supporting this podcast and being on the podcast today. Uh, I've learned so much from you. I'm going to utilize a lot of this. I already utilize a lot, but, you know, I have some some tightening up to do. (laughs) Yeah, you're doing all the things. I mean, just like anything, it's it's just about being consistent with it, you know? Like, I know that biohacking, there are always a lot of new things coming. There's Mm -hmm. always the new shiny gizmo and gadgets and... Uh, there's always a new diet coming out and uh, things like this. But when you when you nail down the things that you found work for you best, um, and you can you're consistent with those, then you'll you'll see the the benefits of those over time. You'll you'll feel much better, and you'll be able to achieve more and more and more. And you'll you you basically be you live a happier and healthier life from all these things, hundred percent. Well, let listeners know where can they find you. Oh, look, the best way to connect with me is uh, my name, uh, leeyuan.com. I have a website there that you can contact me there. Um, I'm sure we can give a link. It's Lee spelled L-E-I-G-H. Mm-hmm. Uh, last name is E-W-I-N. Uh, or then on Instagram too is a good place to find me. I'm, I'm usually chatting with people on there and um, posting some information there and sharing videos. I do cold shower challenge there and things like that with, the, with videos. <laughs> so uh, you don't have to. Don't worry, I'm not. I'm not uh, doing the, the El Natural style cold <laughs> videos like that. <laughs> well, thank you again for being on the show today. I appreciate you. Let's do it again sometime. Yes, that'll be nice. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Black Biohacker Podcast. Remember that your vibe always attracts your tribe. Until next time.